is madness! Madness. Good game radio. GG. In this episode, we're going to talk about Colin Kaepernick. We're going to talk about the current NFL picture. And I want to go ahead and apologize uh, if the audio quality is not the best. Um, as this podcast moves forward, uh, we're going to do a little bit of trial and error and learn what works best for us and what uh, sounds best for the listeners. Um, so just bear with the audio a little bit, but it will improve with time. Thank you. Welcome to Good Game Radio. This is Jay Hoare. I'm here with Brad freaking Nolan. What's going on, Brad? How are you tonight? Good. Just watching uh, the Lake Show, watching LeBron do work, as usual. He's, what, 17 season, 35 years old, and he's still making posters? Yep. I baptized the fool the other night against the Kings. I don't know if you saw it, but it was beautiful, to say the least. Uh, he's just, he's unreal, man. Withstood the test of time. 17 years in the league, hadn't slowed down a bit. I know uh, I know. Tom Brady and LeBron have been uh, talking smack back and forth about trying to play forever. Yeah, Tom, yeah, Tom Brady's another one of those guys. He's just going to, I mean, he's withstood the test of time. Father Tom doesn't know LeBron and Tom Brady, I don't suppose. I guess they're going to be around forever. Uh, not to skip too far ahead on tonight's show, but I think Melo's like 10 months older than LeBron. And while I like Melo, you know, he spent a year out of the league. And, you know, he almost had to do an early retirement. And then you look at LeBron, who's practically the same age as him, and he's still putting up peak numbers. So that says a lot for LeBron. Yeah, most of the people in his draft class, I'm pretty sure, are retired. I know Melo's still around, and I guess that's it from that class. It's the only big name that I remember that it's, you know, still somewhat relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, would you like to talk a little bit about Shots Fired, the uh, podcast you used to do? Sure. Uh, yeah, it was fun while we had it going. Just me and Travis and Nick couldn't get on the same page about, you know, meeting up and doing it. Uh, maybe next year we'll get it back together and keep it rolling, but... As for this year, I guess it's going to be uh, put to a halt. Um, but we had a good time doing it, and uh, I'm glad I'm getting to do another podcast. Um glad you give me the privilege to join yours, so this will be fun. Of course, man. Um, whenever you get yours rolling again, I'll make sure that I let everybody know, and uh, you know we'll help each other out. And, uh, maybe we can guest star on each other's show. Yeah, that sounds good. So I guess... The topic for tonight that is probably going to be the one we focus on the most is Colin Kaepernick. Uh, what is your opinion of Kaepernick? Um, I think uh, he's very misunderstood. I understand the uh, the controversy about him kneeling for the anthem, but people take, took it way out of context of why he did it. Uh, it was nothing against the military or anything like that. It was him saying he was disappointed in the country and ashamed of the direction it was going in at the time. Uh, it was right around the election time in 2016, I believe. And uh, he didn't like either of the candidates running, and he just didn't like the way the uh, law enforcement was treating African Americans. 
he was just taking a stand using his freedom of speech and I felt like he was right to do so. I mean, it's an unpopular opinion, but I mean, if you're not using your rights, what's the point of having them, you know? I mean, I'm all for military and this is a great country and all, but uh, freedom of speech, that's what makes it great. Everyone believes different things, so uh, I know I've got some statistics pulled up. Um, it looks looks like about half of the country. It's pretty much a straight divide. Um, 45% of Americans um, disapproved of him, you know, kneeling the way he did. Um, so it, it looks like it's pretty much an even split in the country on whether or not people support him or don't support him. Um I do agree with what you said about his freedom of speech and, you know, you definitely need to take a stand or take a knee uh, for what you believe in. Um, and I, I certainly do support that. Um, I feel like maybe the media made the whole ordeal a little bit worse than it actually was. And, I mean, media is pretty good at doing that. Um, oh, yeah, it draws ratings when there's controversy like that and they – uh, skew it how they want to. It gets people watching and talking. That's what they want. So it's one way out of context. I feel like. Um, have you seen the the workout that he put in in Atlanta, or seen anything with that? I seen him talking afterwards, saying that he's been ready and he's waiting, and basically calling the NFL out, which I thought was kind of. Uh, the wrong thing to do considering he's walking on eggshells as it is. I thought he should have been a little bit more uh, respectful, I guess is the word. But uh, I don't I don't think a team's going to sign him because whatever team signs him is going to take a lot of heat and a lot of backlash. So I'm not sure he gets signed this year, possibly next year, but whatever team decides to do that is going to take a lot of heat. And I don't know if the owner is willing to do that. Um, it could help the team, could help the owner. Might bring in more fans, might lose a lot of fans. It's a slippery slope, but it's hard to say at this point what's going to happen. Uh, I know from what I saw, you know, about the the workout, uh, Kaepernick appears to be field ready, ready to go. You know, he could contribute somewhere. Um, but I, I do agree personally that um, if he's going to play somewhere, how, how do I put this? There's certain times where you kind of got to bite your tongue a little bit if you want to get a job or try out for something. I mean, do you want to go for Kaepernick, who's 32 and has a lot of drama, or do you want to try to get somebody out of the draft class that's relatively quiet? You know, I just I don't know if it's worth the risk, you know. Um, but if he can find a way to kind of get himself out of the media spotlight for a while, I think that would be a good thing for him. Um, I looked at his numbers. Let's see. Like, you know, compared to Jameis Winston, somebody that has a similar uh, play style, in the same amount of years, uh, a five-year span, uh, Kaepernick between 2011 and 2016, and Winston between 2015 and 2019, they put up comparable numbers. Um, you know, Kaepernick had more in the way of rushing yards. Winston had more in the way of passing yards. But they put up comparable numbers. Uh, I read a article showing that 
compared to the current NFL quarterbacks. Uh, Kaepernick comes in at about 16th out of all 32 teams. So, I mean, he could possibly contribute somewhere. Uh, but I definitely agree that the, the media attention has to die down. And people forget he took the Niners to a Super Bowl back in 2013 or 14, I believe it was. And uh, he was one play away from winning that Super Bowl. So, I mean, he's a capable quarterback. I don't know if he's – he's probably not at that level as he was back then. Um, he did a lot of his damage with his legs, similar to what Lamar Jackson does now. Um, I don't think he's that guy. I think he'd be a good backup, possibly, maybe a low-end starter. But, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what the NFL does with him. And uh, if the team has the best to sign him, it's going to be interesting. I mean, when Michael Vick came back, his uh, I don't remember if it was his first season or his second season back in the league. You know, he almost got MVP that year. Um, with the Eagles, Fly Eagles for So there's always a possibility that Kaepernick could do something similar um, because their play styles are similar. The negative media press is similar. I mean, you got the recipe for like a Cinderella story. That is true. I never thought of that. Like comparing Dick and Kaepernick, yeah, it is somewhat similar because he had a lot of, or Dick had a lot of controversy around him. And he came back and uh, was able to play well. And he's a whole different human being now. So, yeah, that's a good comparison. I never thought of that. Well, on the topic of football, um, <laughs> I guess I'm going to move on to my favorite my, my favorite team to pick on, uh, the Cleveland Browns. What's your thoughts on the Cleveland Browns? Mm, they're a mess. I said going into the season, uh, I thought there was too many egos in that locker room to be able to be a – Successful team, I thought they might get a wild card spot, and they still could. They probably have to win out, have a little bit of help. But uh, man, Browns are a mess. Very undisciplined team. What Miles Garrett did in that Thursday night game—that's just that's uncalled for. And I was a little bit surprised that he did that because he's typically a pretty quiet guy and just takes care of business and doesn't run his mouth. And then, what do you know? All heck broke loose. And he's suspended for the rest of the year, and maybe, they say maybe a little bit of next year. I don't know exactly how long, but, um, man, Browns, that's just them. That's their history. Just, uh, just a mess. Um, they had so many high expectations going into the year, and I thought, I actually think that getting Beckham might have hurt them because when you have a superstar receiver like that, who's, uh, little bit of a prima donna you think you got to get him the ball and if he doesn't get the ball he start you know busting and whining which hasn't been this year yet but it just uh creates an unco- uncomfortable culture in the locker room i feel like they need to trade him and uh just focus on being more of a running team they're good at running the ball nick chubb's a stud and kareem hunt's good chubb is putting up good numbers you won't hear me say otherwise there yeah just just uh, need to find their identity, become a running team, run-oriented team, and uh, they just they got to fix that locker room. They got to be more disciplined. I think they're the most penalized team in the league. Um, as far as as far as uh, about a week ago they were, I'm pretty sure they still are. But uh, 
Yeah, man, the Browns are a mess. That's all I can say about them. I, I know they have four wins so far this season. The, the positive point is I think four wins is about the most they've had in a long time. So I, I guess it's still an improvement. Yeah, last year I think they finished with six wins, I believe. And they act like they won the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I told you about the culture in Cleveland. Uh, their expectations are high, but the results uh, are not there. Um, I don't think Baker Mayfield is as good as we thought he was after his rookie year. I don't know if you know this or not, but he set the rookie record for passing touchdowns last year with 27. So, uh, I mean, it looked good as rookie year, and this year he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. So maybe it's off the clock, or maybe it's something more. I personally don't know how I feel about Mayfield. Um, didn't he go to the same college as Johnny Manziel? Uh, no, Baker went to uh, Oklahoma. Manziel went to Texas A&M. But I think Mayfield got. I think he was a walk-on at Texas Tech. It was one of those Texas schools. It may not have been the same one as Manziel, but... Oh, yeah, that might have... I'm not really sure. I don't keep up with much college. I know he finished at Oklahoma, but, yeah, he was a walk-on. Uh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, it might have been at Texas A&M, sure enough. I, I do know it was one of those Texas schools. You know, he was like a walk-on. Then he, he had to fight for his role. Um, I mean, he's an impressive talent, but I'm concerned for him, like, with the way he does things. and. Uh, he brings attention to himself, like with the whole flag planting thing in college, which to me wasn't that big of a deal, but um, I just don't know how I feel about him. Like, I'm on the fence. I don't know if he's quite going to have that good character and be able to overcome obstacles or if he's going to be like that party boy that just kind of enjoys himself for a year or two and then blows out of the league. Well, I like where he's coming from. He, he lives life with a chip on his shoulder and... He doesn't take crap off anyone, and he says what's on his mind. I respect that, but uh, his play on the field hasn't backed up his words off the field. And uh, until that changes, um, I don't know what we can expect from him. I mean, uh, he's got the weapons there to do good, and uh, he's just, he just underachieved this year. But we'll see. Maybe this is just, like I said, a sophomore slump. But, uh... Only time will tell. Their schedule gets a little bit easier toward the end. They got the Bengals twice. They got Miami this week. They got Pittsburgh. And they got one more easy game. So they could easily win out and maybe make the playoffs. But who knows? It's the Browns. <laughs> I do think Mayfield does have the, the weapons and the talent to do something. Uh, and he could possibly ride the ship. Um but on the same subject of the Browns, it's definitely not a secret that they are kind of like where all good quarterbacks go to die. Um, <laughs> I mean, in my words. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you had Manziel, you had Wheaton. Um, I'm not sure. I have a article off of Bleacher Report. I'm wanting to say it was like over 20 quarterbacks they've had since 2009. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I would definitely say finding some finding an identity, like you said, and some sense of consistency would go a long way to help the Browns because they do have good fans. I mean, Browns fans are diehards. That is true. All Cleveland sports fans are pretty loyal fans. Uh, I respect their fan base. 
But uh, yeah, they just, they definitely need a culture change. Even I think they need a new head coach as well. So I don't think Pretty Kitchens is the answer. Uh, on that same subject of football, uh, I guess we're gonna switch gears a little bit here and go to like uh, code of conduct or just how players and coaches are handling uh, altercations and substance abuse and stuff in the league. Um, how do you feel that the league is doing um, as far as like having good character and you know staying out of staying out of jail, staying out of prison? What's your thoughts on that? Well, NFL players are a different type of cat. They, uh, you know, they play a very violent game and they have a violent nature. They have to, or they can't be in the league. You have to be a different type of breed to play in the NFL. Um, so you have to be a little bit aggressive and violent. And I think for the most part, they do a pretty good job of staying uh, out of trouble. Some of them, yeah, they get in trouble. Uh, Ray Rice, um, Greg Hardy. Name a few. There's a few, uh, Tremont and Tyreek Hill, a couple others. Um, but for the most part, I feel like as a whole, they do a good job of staying out of trouble. Um, a couple of them have drug problems. Josh Gordon, which he got he got in trouble for marijuana, which I say in a couple of years, sooner rather than later, it's going to be legalized throughout. United States, and that won't be a problem. They've actually talked about the NFL making uh, medical marijuana available to players who are dealing with injuries and whatnot. That that sounds like a whole podcast in itself right there. Um, <laughs> but I, I definitely agree. They talk about concussions and all these long-term effects that the league has. I, I would agree that medicinal marijuana would probably help alleviate some of that. That's another thing to think about, too, those concussions and those headshots and that uh, CTE, I believe it's called, that they get from all the head trauma. That could affect a person's uh, decision-making and how they react to things and make them violent. Um, so that's another thing to take into context. You look at Aaron Hernandez's situation, um, what all he went through, and then uh, I actually listened to it was a documentary on a plane ride, it was like six hours long, and I listened to all of it, talking about his life and what led to his suicide, um, and then what got him in jail in the first place. It's a lot to do with the head injuries they said might have caused it, a lot to do with his childhood. Um, very interesting documentary, if you have time to listen to it. But um, yeah, those, those head injuries, I think, play a major role in the way these players react to things and how they act. On and off the field. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. I'm, I'm not saying it excuses anybody, but it definitely, I guess, makes it more acceptable. You know, I, they do go through a lot, and they are under a lot of pressure, and, you know, the constant drama, constant yeah. pressure. And you got to think of where these guys came from. A lot of them were probably grew, grew up in uh, poverty and had to fight for everything they've had and probably grew up on the streets and had to, in some instances, fight for their lives on most days. So uh, you have to think about that, too, their upbringing and uh, their nature to have to fight for everything they have. And sometimes they get violent. I mean, it's just the way they were brought up, some of them. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of things that happen, we don't know the whole backstory. We don't know what people are going through. So we have to keep that in mind, too, before we uh, judge players and their actions. 
Well, we're going to switch into the uh, playoff picture. What do you think the uh, playoff picture looks like right now? Who do you think is going to, you know, win their conference or uh, play in the Super Bowl? The AFC is pretty cut and dry. I think it's going to be New England or Baltimore. And uh, New England looks a little out of sorts right now offensively. Their defense looks fine. But I think toward the end of the year they'll get that offense figured out. Uh, Baltimore looks like the favorite in the AFC as of right now. Um, so I think the AFC title game will come down to Baltimore traveling to Foxborough. And I honestly don't have a prediction for that. I'm not going to pick against Tom Brady and the Patriots. Um, as right now, looking at it, you'd say, yeah, Baltimore is going to beat them. But um, I'm never, I'm never going to bet against those guys. New England just too consistent. And they're always there in the AFC title game. And they're always going to the Super Bowl. So you can't bet against those guys. Uh, the NFC, though, too, I don't even know where to start. The NFC is loaded. There's about eight or nine teams I could see going to the Super Bowl. Um, but if I had to pick my NFC championship as of right now, I'm going to go with the Saints playing the Green Bay Packers as of right now. I don't I don't believe in the Niners. Um, yeah, they've played good thus far. Their defense is solid. But I don't think Jimmy G can lead a team to a Super Bowl quite yet, not with the weapons they have. They just really don't have a lot on offense other than George Kittle, and they got a couple good running backs. Um, but I mean, I, you can't deny what the 49ers are doing, but I'm with you. I just I don't have the confidence in the Niners being able to finish the year strong. I see it being like a Cowboys thing. They'll have a good regular season and then first loss in the playoffs. Yeah, and those guys are young, too. That's a really young team, and they've not been in that situation before, and that pressure might get to them. Another team to keep an eye out for is definitely the Seahawks. Uh, Russell Wilson, you can't count him out. Any game he's in, he's going to work or has a chance to win. Uh, so I like, I like their chances as well in the playoffs. Um, as far as the NFC East goes, it's going to be between Dallas and Philadelphia, of course. Um, Philly's banged up right now with a lot of injuries, but I watched that game against the Patriots Sunday, and I'm thinking, we're getting healthier and healthier every week, and we hung tight with New England. And uh, I think they can make a run at the end. they got a super easy schedule to end the year. So if they get healthy and they get hot, watch out for the Eagles too. I think the Patriots are going to be in the Super Bowl. I mean, like you said, Tom Brady's just always, always knocking on the door. Uh, it doesn't matter how bad their season is. They always find a way to win. Um, they had the largest comeback in Super Bowl history. Even when Brady's not doing good, it, the team or Brady himself turn around when they need to. Um, NFC would be a little bit harder for me to choose somebody. You know, I feel like the Seahawks or I'm going to say even maybe Minnesota would be the one I would see in the Super Bowl. Green Bay. I just don't have any faith in Green Bay. I mean, I love Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers, but that team just always seems to have some sort of chemistry issue. Yeah. I, I could see either a New England-New Orleans Super Bowl this year or New England-Green Bay would be sweet. How cool would it be to see Brady versus Rodgers or Brady versus Breeze? Oh, that, I mean, that would be a phenomenal game. And, I mean, just those quarterbacks in the game in general, you know it's going to be something you want to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, if you put the Niners in the Super Bowl, I just see Tom Brady putting up 
over 30 points, and then Jimmy Garoppolo having like six points from two field goals. Yeah. That would be an interesting storyline, though, if that did happen. Uh, you have Jimmy G against his former team, and I think Bill Belichick, that was his guy that he wanted to continue the dynasty with. He wanted Brady out, in my opinion, a couple of years ago, and he might still want him out. There's been rumors he might be on a different team next year. But anyway, the storyline of that Super Bowl would be very interesting. Um, but I honestly think the NFC is so wide open right now it's too hard to call it. Who would you say uh, would be your MVP vote right now in the league? Ooh, man, that's tough. Um, I'm going to have to say it's between three guys. I'm going to say Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, and Christian McCaffrey. Um, Christian McCaffrey is putting up some insane numbers. I think he's on pace to have... The greatest season by running back ever, as far as touchdowns and uh, yards, receiving yards, all of it. Um, he's just having a crazy year. I know the Panthers' record five and five right now, I believe. Uh, they're not. They're about a five hundred team, and usually MVP's not going to be on a five hundred team. So he might not get it, but I think it's going to be between Wilson and Jackson. And if I had to pick between those guys, I'm going with Lamar Jackson. Uh, he's on pace to have the most rushing yards by quarterback this year. Uh, he's on pace for like 1,200 rushing yards, breaking Michael Vick's record of like 1,089, I believe it was. Um, Lamar Jackson, he just did a complete 180. Uh, Ravens are a Super Bowl contender, and you can't take away from what he's done. And I, I agree. Um, I mean, I do feel like there are a lot of phenomenal talents in the league right now. Um, like you said, Christian McCaffrey, I feel like Christian McCaffrey is the underrated guy. Even even if the Panthers were, you know, like a 750 team, you know, like seven wins, three losses, I feel like a lot of people are going to count McCaffrey out. Um, but he's a phenomenal talent, so I would certainly agree with, uh, you know, he's going to be in your finalist conversation, but uh, I don't see him winning the MVP uh, just because what Lamar Jackson's doing and because the Panthers, you know, overall aren't doing well. Yeah, I was watching, I think it was on Monday Night Football, they showed the MVP frontrunners, which I thought was interesting. They had Jackson and Wilson, of course. Then they had Rodgers, which I can kind of see. And then they had Mahomes, which I didn't understand why. He's been out for a couple of games. And then the announcer was like, well, you got to keep Michael Thomas in consideration for the Saints. I'm like... I wasn't even thinking about him, but what about Christian McCaffrey? It didn't make any sense. Like nobody's giving this guy credit. I understand they they base a lot of the MVP voting, you know, off of a team's record, but at the same time, you got to recognize talent. Uh, I mean, Barry Sanders on the Lions. I don't think the Lions ever really did any good with Barry Sanders, uh, but as far as talent wise, you know, he was incredible. So I think McCaffrey. Definitely deserves to be in the conversation. Um, you know, I don't think he's quite going to win it, but I would put McCaffrey, you know, above Mahomes, above Tom. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's interesting. Like, I look at the MVP as what it says, the most valuable player to a team. Where would the Panthers be without McCaffrey right now? Um, I, I can say the same for Wilson and Jackson as well. Uh, but 
I mean, it should come down to the most valuable player to that team. And in that case, you could say Tom Brady is, because uh, without Brady, the Patriots, where would they be? I mean, I think they re- need to rename that award to something else, because it doesn't always come to the most valuable player. Um, like in the NBA, if that was the case, LeBron would get it every year. But usually it goes to whoever has the best statistical season, along with the win. So. And I guess the last topic for the night uh, to wrap up the podcast is, you know, Carmel Anthony decided to uh, sign with the Trailblazers, or I guess I should say the Trailblazers decided to sign Carmelo. Um, you know, I personally feel that Carmelo is still a good talent, and he can definitely contribute in the NBA somewhere. Um, you know, I'm curious to see how he's going to fit with the Trailblazers. I mean, I feel like there's potential there. You know that he could fit um, since they don't have a power forward right now, um, or a power forward with any <laughs> talent, because um, I believe it's Collins is out with an injury, and uh, Pau Gasol's out. Uh, I believe there's one more person out. So I mean, I feel like Miller can contribute to the Trailblazers. Um, I want him to contribute. You know, I like him as a person and a player, but I'm a little, little nervous at the moment. What do you feel about the uh, the Melo signing and how he'll do? I've never been a big fan of Melo, to be honest. Uh, he's a great scorer, or he was at one point. Uh, now, he's, I'd say he might get you 15 to 18 points a night, but he's not going to play any defense. So he's going to hurt you on that side of the ball. Um, I've just never been high on him. Uh, he's a big name. And uh, I just never seen the hype with him, you know. I don't think he'll ever get a ring unless he somehow gets to L.A. with LeBron. That might happen. He might be able to piggyback that team success. or maybe... Is he going to pull a Luke Walton, just ride the bench with Kobe? <laughs> yeah, that would be his only way of getting one. But now we could talk about, I will say this about him, in the Olympics he's been one of the best ever performers in the Olympics for a basketball team, but as far as NBA games go, uh, he had a stint in Denver, he was phenomenal, but other than that, what's he been? Nothing. He did good with the Knicks, but after the Knicks, you know, it was two or three seasons of nothing, pretty much. Um... And the funny part, you mentioned the Olympics, is the uh, the Olympic team didn't even want them, you know, on the roster. And they were getting a bunch of rookies and no-name talents. And then uh, they had all those injuries to the people on the Olympic team. And then Carmelo's just sitting on the outside looking in. Yeah. Yeah. That's about the story of his career. (laughs) Um, I saw the stats for tonight. He had... 10 points, he was 4 for 14 from the field, 4 rebounds and 5 turnovers. So, not a great debut, but he's been out of the league for a year. You know, I'll live with it see what happens. Yeah, it's a, it's a little early to be making any assumptions about him, but he'll be about, about like I said, 15 to 18 points a night possibly. Uh, no defense. He got 10 points and 4 rebounds. Um, I mean, that's already better than what he was doing with the uh, Rockets, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this has been Jay Hoare and uh, Brad Freakin' Nolan. We appreciate you listening to the Good Game Radio. Uh, we're going to try to do this on a weekly basis because 
Uh, I don't know about Brad, but I can speak for myself and say I definitely have a lot of opinions and a lot of things to talk about. Uh, if we can get this rolling and get interest, you know, we might do it uh, two or three times a week. Uh, but this is Jay Horse signing off. Yep, I'm Brad Freaking Nolan, and I'm signing off. Thank you for listening to Good Game Radio. For more information or to reach out to us, contact us at facebook.com slash podcast dot gg. Have a good day, everybody. America first, motherfucker. What does the fuck say? Ding, 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 